Good morning. morning. It is good to have this number out with us for our first half of our worship service on this beautiful Lord's Day. It's good to see those that are are continually meeting with us here and those who have been restored back into us. We're definitely thankful for y'all to come back. And those who are listening to my voice on this message, I'm thankful for your return as well. This morning, I want us to look at something we actually covered this morning. I I changed the lesson this morning. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, be opening up there with me. We covered this, and this point kind of, I've not necessarily touched my heart, but spurred this sermon on. And it's, it's, we've had this lesson before, and we're going to have to hurry through the first part of this with this, with this, uh, with this thought. And moves on until verses 8, 9, and 10. But we'll have to move on rather quickly through the first few verses to get the context of this lesson. So when we think about Ephesians chapter 2, remember who you were. Remember the person who you once were. We all weren't pleasing in the eyes of God at one point in our lives. We were displeasing. We become that disobedient child and walking our own way and that spurs a thought of a, of a prodigal son who goes his own way and decides that he has to come back to his father. But know this, we've been brought back by something. We're going to cover that at the end of this lesson. And we're going to bring it to life. But remember this, we all once walked according to Satan. All of us did. Hopefully none of us are doing that this morning. And if you are, thankfully the repentance is an opportunity that we can take. And also thankful that an opportunity of being baptized for the remission of sin so as we can be brought back by this one particular thing. So we read Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. So there you go. We all once were dead in trespasses and sins. Once we were walking with Satan, telling God we want nothing to do with you. We once was that person. But now we're alive. We have been brought near by this one thing that we're going to discuss. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 2. We've, heard, we've sung a song before. This world is not my home. And once we walked according to this world, but not the next. Because now we've been made alive. Once we walked with Satan according to this world, but not the next. That next being that new heaven that new Jerusalem, that idea of salvation, that being heaven. Verse 3, Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Like I said, we're going to have to hurry. This idea of children of wrath. Well, let's think about wrath. The the wrath that that God would bestow upon those who are unfaithful. When we think about the idea of faithful. Well, I'm faithful to many things. You may be. You may very well be. There's many things that we can be faithful on. Now, faithful according to. We need to be faithful according to God. We need to be faithful according to His instructions, His laws, the very things that He told us to do. We must do them if we are to be faithful. Now, if we're not faithful, verse 3 tells we're children of wrath. Can you remember your old person? Let's... Let's, that, let's go back to that person in our minds and that person who we are to mourn, who we're not to go back to, that person after we've been baptized for the remission of sins. That child of wrath. Y'all might see that child with a good example of that 
in a place of business. I'm not going to use the name. But this child is in the aisle, ain't getting what this child wants, and he he or she is throwing this fit in the hallway and just screaming at the top of their lungs, pounding the floor with their fists, kicking their feet back and forth, back and forth, and they're not getting this one thing that they want. Not need, want. And the mother or father says, no, you can't have that. And this child is pitching a fit. Y'all ever seen that before? Oh, I have. I have. Of course, this day and age, you can't just snatch that child up and give them a good what they need. is a good butt whooping, right? I've had one. Y'all have had one. And we're all of age to have received that whooping when we, when we have outbursts of wrath, right, as a child. Now, this child can't do so, right? So this, this child is pitching his fit, child of wrath. That mother just, or mother or father just wants to walk away with shame. My child is behaving this way? Oh, my goodness. How many times have you looked at that child and went, Oh, my goodness. This child is behaving this way? Folks, that's what, that's what we look like to God when we're disobedient unto Him. And guess what He actually does? He leaves. He walks away. He's, he can't be around you. Because we have sin in our heart. We have iniquity. We, we, we've sinned. We've fallen short. And he has to separate, separate himself from us because his word commands him to do so. He tells us that's what he does. Well, his eyes and his ears is turned away from us. Now go back to that child pitching the fit in that hallway. How many of y'all are going to just stand there and watch this child pitch this fit? You're just going to stand there and watch he or she do it. What do you tend to do? You walk away. It's not your child, right? Just walk away. You might have an opportunity to instruct that mother or father. Yeah, we need to take care of that. You want to, but are you just going to hang around? Typically, we walk away because you don't want to hear all that fussing and screaming and fighting and all this stuff, this big fit that's going on. That's what we look like to God. This child of wrath. Now, how many of us on Judgment Day want to be a child of wrath? This child that has no discipline. Doing whatever he or she wants to do. Standing before God unjustified. Oh, that's a whole other lesson in and of itself to be justified. We once conducted ourselves according to the lust of our flesh, the lust of our mind, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and the mind, or by nature, children of wrath, just as the others. Who is these others? Others? What are you talking about there? There are others? There are others, others who are not obedient to the laws that Christ has given them to be obedient to. What is that? The New Testament. To be a child of God. To be baptized for the remission of sins. That's the others. To not be justified. So what you're saying is we can go back to that status? We certainly can. It's a bad option. It's a grim option. It's a destructive option. But we can Just because we've been baptized for the remission of sins does not mean automatically that we have salvation waiting for us. We made a a note this morning about the idea, is is baptism the beginning or the end of something? It's kind of both. But the thought was it was the beginning of something. It was the beginning of your spiritual walk. That covenant relationship with God. That's what the beginning is. It was also the ending of sinning. It was the end of your sinful walk and is the beginning of your spiritual walk. They cannot be hand in hand. They're enmity. They're against. They're oil and water. And in verse 4. 
But God, who is rich in mercy, because of His great love which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Now, I, I don't want to rush over this thought because the idea of being saved by grace is exceedingly beneficial for us as people. But God, who is rich in mercy, if you want to measure God's mercy, it's incapable. You can't measure it. It's immeasurable. It, it abounds to the east, to the west, from the north to the south. It's immeasurable, the mercy that God has given us. Think of this. Standing before God on Judgment Day, behaving yourself as a child of God, done all the things that He would have you to do, being an obedient child of God, and His mercy is extended unto you. That's what mercy is, giving you that gift, giving you salvation. Mercy. Now you see the, the, the gravity of God's mercy? Even though we're fallible human beings, we fall short daily, hourly, minutely. I know that's a horrible word. I, I get the grin back there. So know this, that God's mercy is extended unto us when we ask Him for forgiveness. As a child of God, we have that communications and He restores us. Well, you might ask, well, even though I haven't been baptized, does that mean that God doesn't hear me? That's exactly what I'm saying. Focus on Isaiah 59, verse 2. Focus on that. For your sins and your iniquities have separated you from your God. This God that you're praying to, not having Jesus Christ in your heart, not being baptized for the remission of sins, God does not hear that prayer. I'm not telling you that. God tells you that through His Word. But He has mercy for us. He has mercy ready to give unto us. He has more mercy than the world deserves. And I will say that very proudly. Because of His great love with which He loved us. Alright. Notice that loved is past tense. Like I said, I don't want to rush through this part. Loved there is past tense. With which love He loved us. At the time that this was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus, it was past tense. This great love with which He loved us was his son. This was God sending Jesus Christ to this earth for you. So your sins may be remitted. That's that love that God gave unto us. Falls right back to John 3.16, does it not? That he gave his only begotten son to those who believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, verse 5. Even when we were dead in trespasses, even though we were disobedient in the eyes of God, walking this world according to the prince of the power of the air, that being Satan, made us alive together with Christ. Made us alive together with Christ. So we came together. It's like a magnet to metal. You ever seen magnet in little granules of metal? You ever seen that before? I deal with metal works a lot, and I have a lot of metal shavings, and I'll stick a magnet in there. You can see all the little pieces just stuck to it. And you can shake that magnet. You can pop it on the ground, and you can try to pick those little pieces of metal out. It's almost. I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's almost impossible to get them all off. There's still going to be little spots of metal stuck to this magnet. That's how we need to be with Jesus Christ. Mourn that person who he used to be, for that person has no hope. 
That person walking with Satan, they have no hope. Sure, they look good, they feel good, and they're enjoying themselves upon this earth. Oh, Satan's got the blinders on. He has shrouded their sight. They're spiritually blind. In our lesson this morning in Romans, I want to turn there. Keep your finger there in Ephesians if you want to turn there with me as we are in Romans chapter 12. I'm sorry. Let me get my... Let me get my uh, yeah, there, Romans chapter 13. We've moved on from Romans chapter 12. Romans 13 and verse 11 is where we stopped in our lesson. Moved a little farther in, in our lesson. But Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And do this, knowing the time... That now is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Did you hear that? Salvation is there. It's waiting. We're rapidly approaching, and it's nearer now than we first believed. And if you have not yet believed, I encourage you to start believing in the name of the Son of God. Believe what God would have you to do. Walk your life according to God's will. And then and only then can you be a child of God. He raised us up together to make us sit in the heavenly places. I'm sorry, verse 5 of, Rome, of Ephesians chapter 2. The very end of it. By grace you have been saved. By grace you have been saved. Did you notice something significant? The word S-A-B-E-D is there. Saved. Saved from what, the fall? Saved from the pit. By grace, you have been saved. It's not of our works. It's not of the things that we do. Yes, we've been commanded to do so, but those acts are to be obedient, not to be saved. You might think, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, am I not saved today? You are saved from your sins. You are not saved from the fall yet. You are saved from your sins. When you was baptized for the remission of sins, that was to remit your sins. That was to be in a covenant relationship with God. That was even to allow Him to draw close unto you. To allow His Son to abide in your heart by keeping His commandments. By grace, you have been saved. It's God's grace that saves us. Because we can't save ourselves. John 15, 5 tells us that we can do nothing of ourselves. We need Christ in our hearts. And then verse 6. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And raised us up together. Notice this. And raised us up, again, past tense. And lifted us up out of sin. Lifted us up out of iniquity. No longer abiding in sin, now we're in Christ. In the heavenly places, again, the church. Are you in the church this morning? Because we can be entered into the church and then leave. I don't mean the building. I do not mean the building. I know we walk out of the door twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday. That is not what I mean. This is just a building. This church that I'm referring to is the church that's in your heart. The people are the church. The very thing that Jesus Christ gave his life for. That church. Not your building. Not the place where you meet. The people. He made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That, in verse 7, 
the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and the kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show. That word, M-I-G-H-T, is there. Therefore, it is not it's not inclusive, it's exclusive. Meaning, some are going to be left out. Not all are going to see it. Some are going to be left behind. That he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. This exceeding riches of his grace. I want, I want you to do me a favor. Do something for me in your minds. As we are a child of God, have you ever pictured heaven? Have you ever tried to picture the, the scenery? Yeah, we get a little bit of a picture of it. But have you ever just tried to describe it? Picture it in your mind. Okay. Now God's showing it to you in its awesome glory. Being revealed unto you everything. Because you're in the presence of God. Now would that not mean or would that not want you to be in the service of God in your everyday walk of life? Just to see that. Just to be able to see God in His presence. In heaven. Stephen's seen it. You remember Stephen when he was stoned? He looked up into the heavens and see Jesus at the right hand of God. Where did, where did Jesus go, by the way? He went to heaven. He went to be at the right hand of God, that being in heaven, where God dwells. He wants to show us those exceeding riches of His grace. So as we have come together, we're no longer dead in our trespasses. We're now alive. We're no longer walking in the world according to the world. We're now sitting together in the church in this heavenly place. We're no longer abiding in sin. We've given it up. We're no longer being involved in death and destruction. And verse 7 tells us that God is going to show us. He might be able to show us the exceeding riches of His grace. That is heaven. Might is there. Why, why, wait a minute. Why, why is might there? Because some are going to be lost along the way. Some are going to falter. But wait a minute. We're sitting together in the heavenly places. Yes, we are. But some are going to fall astray. Those that fall astray are not going to see the exceeding riches of God's grace. They're not going to see heaven. They're going to be left behind. Let's make sure that we're not left behind this morning. Because as you are left behind on this day, on this, the ages to come, that being judgment day, opportunity of salvation will not be there. An opportunity to turn away from your sins and come to God to sit in the heaven places will be gone. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. And plus it's going to be so fast, you're not going to have time. And in verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith. Here we go. Now we're getting into the meat of it. I only got like five minutes left. I tried to hurry. <laughs> By grace you have been saved through faith. Let me ask you this. How was your faith this morning? We made a, a, a small discussion on faith this morning. Your faith should drive you in your everyday walk alive. Is your faith, do you have faith toward God? Or do you have faith toward Satan? There's only one or the other. And you can have a weak faith. Our, our instructions from God to have that weak faith to strengthen the limbs that hang down 
In other words, strengthen your faith. When your faith begins, begins to waver, when your faith begins to sink low, strengthen it. And strengthen it. By grace, you have been saved through faith. So this means with an opportunity of being saved, I must have faith, most assuredly. James 2 also tells us we've got to have works with our faith. But if you have this type of faith in verse 8, you're going to have the works there to back it up. By grace, you have been saved. And that if not of yourselves, in the rest of verse 8, it is the gift, there it is, the gift of God. Now we made a small discussion this morning about the idea of gift. Have you ever given a gift to someone? Sure you've given this gift to someone, and those who have made that discussion is I've already heard that this morning. Have you ever given that gift to someone that you love? Sure you have. What did they do to deserve that gift? Well, they might have had it just a birthday. They really didn't do anything. They were just born. That person did absolutely nothing for you to give them that gift. You love them enough to give them that gift. Now see it falling into place. Now what if their actions depended on you of giving them that gift? They're disobedient. They're the honoriest child you've ever seen in your life. And you don't want to reward that disobedient act that they're due to their mother and their father. Would you give them that gift? I wouldn't. Because you're granting them, uh, you're, uh, excuse me, you're initiating that bad behavior. You think God gives his eternal life, his gift of eternal life to those who disobey him? No, he does not. He only gives his gift of eternal grace if you have faith, that idea of being obedient unto him, and his grace gives it to us through our faith. And that's how we're saved. But it's not of ourselves. Folks, it's the gift of God. Now you might ask, wait a minute, wait a minute. He gave his son. He, he gave Jesus Christ to abolish sin. He took my sins away. No, he took the opportunity for have your sins be taken away. The door was made. For Christ is the door to the church. To enter into the church, you've got to cast sin out of your hearts. In doing so, you have the opportunity to come into the church. And baptism allows you to put Christ on, to allow him to access into your heart. Without these acts, he won't even come near you. Because Jesus Christ is God. He's one-third God. He's God the Son. And God hates sin. God doesn't want anything to do with sin. He can't be around it. He separates himself from it. And then verse 9. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. For good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Now this type of boast is not the, the type of boasting that's look at me, look at me. This is the type of boasting that says, look what I've deserved. None of us deserve salvation. We are still fallible human beings. We have instructions that we have to follow. We are those good works that God prepared, I can't speak, prepared before the foundations of the world. He, know, he knew what his children was going to be doing before anything was ever even created. Why? Because he gave us instructions. He gave us our instruction manual, if you will. Us today, we have it, of course, in the first century, they had the word of man <clears throat> speaking to the Holy Spirit. I understand that. But today, we have God's word. We have our instruction manual, the way that we should behave, the way that we should treat one another, with love, by the way, 
And also he gave us instruction manual on how to get to him. This is just one small lesson. This is one small lesson on how to be saved. That's just many more lessons on how to be saved. You might ask yourself, well, how was one saved? With your faith, your baptism, by faithful obedience for the rest of your life, and by the grace of God. On Judgment Day, how would you stand? Would you stand justified? Again, that's for a whole other different lesson of justification. Justified means you are in a covenant relationship with Christ, repenting of your sins, not in the wrath of God, or not, excuse me, not expecting the wrath of God. Are you justified this morning? Don't take another step in your life without being justified. This might be a little confusing to those who are outside of a covenant relationship with God. That means baptism. That means the blood of Christ cleansing you from sin. That's what justification means. It means just as if it never happened. You may have been baptized. You may be a child of God. You may have taken that short walk with Satan. You may have taken that short walk with the guy in, uh, referred to in verse 2, or the being in verse 2, excuse me, the prince of the power of the air. You may have reverted back to your old sinful ways. We can always come back. Again, don't take another step in your life. Don't take another breath until you have cast off your wrath to God and come back to Him. So my encouragement this morning, take sin and cast it away. Take the devil and send him to the east. When he comes back, send him to the west. Keep him going to and fro. Have nothing to do with him. Make your all and in all Jesus Christ. And through whom you can access, have access to God. Have you lost your access to God this morning? You can have that reconnection by repentance. Baptism. Does that need to happen this morning? Do you know that you have salvation waiting for you? If there is doubt, let's remove all doubt this morning as we stand, as we sing a song of invitation.